Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio, it's time for the GNFCC 400 Insider. Connect, build, and grow with the Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce. Hello and welcome to the GNFCC 400 Insider, the monthly radio show podcast presented by the Greater North Fulton Chamber. I'm Callie Boatwright, President and CEO of the Chamber, and today we are discussing the second round of PPP funding and how that looks for our local businesses and financial institutions. Hosting today's discussion is the chair of our Economic Recovery Task Force for Cash Flow and Liquidity, Alan Najar. This task force was created in the height of the pandemic to give chamber members the best resources in order to navigate government small business loan programs. Alan is the Director of Business Development at Smith & Howard and also served as our 2020 Chairman of the Board. Alan, off to you. Thank you, Callie. Uh, The task force that Callie mentioned, I work with an outstanding group of financial industry leaders on this task force, and we felt it was important to bring in the experts that we know to share round two information. So let me introduce two of our guests that represent two very strong and supporting banks in our North Fulton Chamber of Commerce, the Renaissance Bank and Synovus Bank. We have with us Joseph Shuford, who is the Director of Government Guaranteed Lending for Synovus, and just from my reading, I recall that Synovus did about 4,000 loans in round one of PPP and probably 615 to $620 million worth of loans were pushed through the pipeline. We also have with us John Daly, the Director of Government Banking for Renaissance Bank. I've known John for many, many years in banking, and Renaissance Bank distinguished themselves also with a high level of service and quality performance and push through, I think, John, you can correct me, about 2,400 loans and well over $400 million in, um, in outstandings. So welcome, both of you. We appreciate very much your time uh, to join us today and to help our membership stay current on, on what's going on in uh, round two of PPP. So let's go ahead and get right to the questions. Let me ask both of you a question. I'll go to um, John Daly first and then Joseph after that. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and and what you do today. Uh, Well, thank you, Alan. um, And thanks for having us here or having me here. Um, uh, Like you said, I run the SBA division for Renaissance Bank. We're in five states in the southeast. Uh, Our SBA group operates in all five states and surrounding states. Um, We're headquartered here in Atlanta, the SBA group. Most of our group is based here. but again, we're spread across the footprint. The 2,400 loans that you mentioned uh, are the loans that we did in this market. All told, we did about 11,000 PPP loans um, across our footprint and um, nearing about a billion three. Uh, it was very, very impactful for our company. Um, um, we, we served a lot of clients. There were hundreds of people who participated in the effort across the footprint. Um, we did it gladly. I, I think it was a great success. This is one thing that the government has done lately that I think we can point to as a as a big success overall. Thanks, John. Joseph, tell us a little bit about um, yourself and what you do today. Sure. I'm uh, John's counterpart at Synovus Bank, and so I manage our government guaranteed lending team in uh, five-state footprint as well. Um, we are based um, in Atlanta, some of our team is, is in Atlanta, but a good part is dispersed throughout the state. 
Um, we in the first round um, processed uh, just under 19,000 PPP loans and um, just just around 2.8 billion um, in fundings. And so it was a it was quite the as John John can attest. It was quite the experience of teamwork and coordination between. Um, not just many departments within our bank, but with the financial industry sector as a whole, just trying to all band together and help clients. And now we're, we're privileged with the opportunity to get to do it again. Great. Well, I think your industry and your banks in particular are certainly ready for the challenge this time around. Joseph, let me start with you for the first question. The guidance rules during the first round seemed like they were changing multiple times every day and, I can't count the number of times there was a new set of interim final guidelines. I know it's frustrating to us as a CPA firm and dealing with our clients. I know it's more frustrating to you because you were having to receive them. Are the guidelines any clearer or better this time around? You know, I think the SBA did a good job, um, honestly, when they issued the guidance for um, round two. Um, they took all 26 of those interim final rules and they consolidated them into one um, set of guidance for round one. Uh, draws. Um, they're kind of the overarching theme for the program. Um, and then they also issued a separate set of rules for the second draw loans um, uh, separate from that first guidance. And so um, it was something that I know John and, and myself probably really appreciated was the fact that they took the time to consolidate all of those rules into one. And so we have really, for lack of a better term, what we would call a standard operating procedure uh, manual for the PPP program um, that is very helpful. Um, so it is more clear um, uh, as far as that guidance goes. But honestly, most of the challenges now are um, on the bank's side with the submission requirements for this next round of funding. Um, it's been uh, a challenge that um, that we've seen um, just with data from the first round to the second round and um, what documentation uh, requirements are, are really going to be needed to clear up maybe some of those data issues. And, um, you know, I, I will speak a little bit to some of the nuances of the program uh, from a guidance standpoint. Um, we have um, some banks are are not requiring, um, you know, documentation that was used in the first round to be used um, for the second round funding. You have the option to select whether or not you would like to use your 2019 payroll information. Um and that, that data. Um, some banks are requiring that you still submit that um, if they were not maybe as confident in their calculations in round one um, and would like to have another chance to look at that. Um, we are not requiring it, giving you the option to use the 2019 or the 2020 data. Um, but if, if you are going to use the same data from 2019, really the only documentation requirement at origination um, for loans under 150000 is going to be that you just prove that you were in existence prior to February 15th, um, which is uh, the various ways that you can provide that be with a 2019 tax return or something along those lines. Um, and then if you're above $150,000, you would be required to provide documentation showing that you had a gross receipts decline of 20%, 25% or more. Um, and if that, um, if your loan is below 150, that's optional. You don't have to provide it at origination. Um, you would just be required to provide it at forgiveness. But again, some banks are handling that process differently. Some are trying to collect it all up front um, and, and some are allowing uh, borrowers just to provide that at forgiveness. 
um, but it is optional. And then we have the the new covered expenses um, that are eligible, will be eligible for forgiveness um, that would include some of our um, supplier costs, operational costs, PPPE costs, and, and things of that nature. Great. Thank you, Joseph. John, let me pose this next question to you. Uh, looking at what happened last year, PPP ran intermittently between April the 3rd and August the 8th, and about 5.3 million loans were pushed through the SBA pipeline. About 4.5 million of those were less than $150,000 or 150 or less. How is that one-page forgiveness application working, and how is your bank dealing with the volume of pushing those through the system? Thanks, Alan. Um, before I talk about what we're doing at our bank, I, I, just, I think it's important to note that um, for the whole industry, especially in this second round, the volume that we experienced in the first round drove a whole bunch of automation in this interim period between the time the original PPP program stopped and forgiveness started rolling out and then the new program, obviously, this month. Um, banks have invested heavily in automation, and so have we. Um, we. We determined, especially for PPP2, that we couldn't do it the same way that we did it before, which was very manual. Um, it essentially brought virtually every bank that did it, it brought them to their knees. Everything else stopped, and all efforts went into that. Um, for forgiveness, we were able to, uh, we had some runway to be able to build a system early on that. Um, that would, would 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 provide more automation and a better customer a better uh, customer experience for forgiveness. Um, as Joseph mentioned a second ago, you know the 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 changes in in the the IFRs that came out, for example, in the first round. And I can't remember, Joseph. I think you gave a number, but it was a couple of dozen of these that would come out, and you learn something that caused you to have to go back and change something. Um, uh, before um, that, that you that you are already doing, um, we're fortunate this time that with PPP two, they've given us a clear set of rules, and Joseph talked about that. But for forgiveness, this new the Economic Aid Act um, codified the the one page simplified application that the industry has been asking for that SBA tried to implement, but because of the way the the, the law read, they just really couldn't. Um, for us, we actually have not implemented use of that form yet because when it was issued, and we're still actually waiting for a little bit of guidance because there's some ambiguity in how you apply uh, some of some of the the features of it. Um, we we stopped taking applications immediately in December when the law was passed for all loans for forgiveness less than one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Um, that gave us time to retool, to consider the rules. And as with all technology applications, when the rule changes, you got to go back. And I keep saying the term retool, and that really is what you have to do. Um, for us, I think we're about a week to 10 days out from being able to go back live with that. Um, um, I, I, I think the big advantage, again, is that the platform was built. We started building that platform had lots of time to do it. And the guidelines now are coming out much quicker and they're a little better thought out than they were the first time around. Um, we expect this to be transformational for us. We have about 85% of our 11,000 plus loans are 150 or less. 
Um, that's a, a huge relief uh, for the bank. Um, but if you think about the number of customers for whom now it's going to be much more automatic, that's got to be a huge relief for them too. Um, same thing for SBA. They're choking currently on the volume um, of, of forgiveness applications. And while they still reserve the right to review them, it, it, it will clear log jams at, at SBA. The, the short form, I call it the short form forgiveness application is really, I think, once the banks get up and running with it in their in their portals and their platforms, uh, they will um, it, it'll 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 pay dividends. Um, I will say that what part of the delay right now, not just that SBA hasn't given all the information that we need, but part of the delay is that we just want to make sure that the PPP2, the new money, is getting out there faster. And that's where the focus has been more than on the forgiveness side. Great. Thanks, John. John, I don't know if sure. you remember this or not, but I think Joseph can appreciate it. When I called John middle part of April last year and I said, how's it going? John, you probably will remember your answer was they've asked us to build a car for somebody that's never had a driver's license or driven a car. And then before the paint's dry, take all your friends for a drive. Does that still sound familiar? <laughs> so you've come a long way. We have way. the car. The, the yeah. car's got, you know, it's got a couple tires are low and, yeah. and um, it needs an oil change, but, yeah. but uh, we're making well, you've it. You've and you're both well positioned right now. Let me pose a question yeah. to both of you, and I'll make a little editorial comment from my banking days where KYC, an acronym for Know Your Customer, is a driving force if you're going to stay in the good graces of the regulators. So KYC is a very difficult metric with the PPP fraud that's going on and the risk to lenders that approve a PPP loan. So charges were recently announced about a borrower from Roswell that had six applications for a little over $6 million, and they falsely represented their number of employees, IRS records, bank statements, and payroll records. These applications were of concern to me because they were submitted to lenders that are not in this area. And this is Public Info, American Express, National Bank, Celtic National Bank. Both of those are headquartered out of Salt Lake City. There was a bank up in uh, Fort Lee, New Jersey. And then there were a couple of fintech companies all the way in Redwood, California. So for you guys taking on this extra effort of being the rails to put money out through the SBA channels, um, how are you dealing with the KYC issue? Johnson, she just went first. I'll ask Joseph that question and let you follow with your answers to the same. Yeah, so the, the KYC is extremely important. Um, the you know, while we do have a 100 percent guarantee, um, there is still um, probably some institutional risk from a standpoint of uh, just resources of having to deal with a fraudulent loan and also the due diligence requirements that that we need to follow as an industry to make sure that we're making solid credits, even though we have a 100% guarantee. So I don't know if John's gone through an audit yet on his processes. I've had the luxury of going through one or two um, since April, and um, it is something that that was was looked at very closely. So we are requiring, as are most banks, um, that all All applicants have a deposit relationship with Synovus, um, and we are requiring any new deposit accounts to wait a period of of a few days to make sure that that everything clears our Know Your Customer protocols. Um, But I will say this, that the SBA has put some guardrails in place this round 
to protect the banks and also to protect the taxpayer dollars uh, to make sure that these fraudulent loans are not processed um, like they were last time. Um, they are, um, there was actually a call yesterday with SBA and the banks going through um, some of the checks that they're going to be performing on, on the loans as they're going through the, the front end um, this time versus last time where you know, John and our teams were keying into a very antiquated system um, where we would have to go and get the SBA loan numbers for these loans. But once you got those, that through the system, there were no checks that the SBA was doing other than um, was it maybe a valid tax ID number or did they have a PPP loan elsewhere and things of that nature. Um, and we received our loan number virtually immediately and our approval immediately. Well, that's not the case with this round of funding. The SBA's um, instituted um, what they're calling hold codes on the loans, that as we process them, um, instead of it being instantaneous, they're telling the banks it could be anywhere from 24 to 48 hours before they'll issue a loan number. Um, and when they do that, they are checking against several different um, government systems to make sure that, as they say, that there are no bad actors receiving PPP funds. Um, so that will be a tax ID mismatch um, or in the example that you gave, Alan, where we have borrowers that have received approvals through um, many different banks and, um, and they're, they're going to have holds put in place on those loans to prevent them from being approved to where the banks will have the opportunity to go in to document and try to clear any holds that may be placed on those loans. So while the approval process is going to be slower, um, I'm, I'm thankful that the SBA is putting those, uh, those guardrails in place for us as an industry um, and for my taxpayer and your, your taxpayer dollars to make sure that these funds are going to small businesses that really need them. Um, John, I don't know if feel free to add to my comments. Thanks, Joseph. I, I mean, I agree with everything you said, and I think that um, the the slowing down of the of the SBA approval in round two is going to pay is going to be very important um, compared to to the first process. Joseph mentioned the antiquated system, ETRAN is what we call it, um, and and it assumed that you that the user had already done those things, um, or or they just weren't being done. I know from round one that. A lot of lenders, especially the ones that were highly automated, didn't do checks. They didn't do um, CAVERS, which is a, a, a database we look at for losses to the government. They didn't do SAM, System for Award Management. That's required now. Um, for us in round one, we used, I mean, we, did, we did every loan manually. Um, we had bankers taking applications from borrowers, most of whom they already knew, and we onboarded. Secretary of State documentation, driver's license documentation. We got wet signatures on loan on loan documents, closing documents. Um, so we, you know, we we followed our standard BSA, Bank Security Act, and, and Know Your Customer protocols. Um, this second system, I, I, the, the second round, because it's more automated, um, I, I think maybe leaves open some some possibility for borrowers to defraud the banks and, and the SBA. Um, un unless they've built in ways to truly know their customer. I think it's going to be a little bit less this time because um, the, the vast majority of PPP2 applications are going to be second round loans. And so they, the lender will have already 
already know that borrower. Um, we just found out today that there are, Joseph, I don't know if you've seen it, I think there are 39 different hold codes. Um, so so a, a lot of PPP2 borrowers have found in the last couple of days that their applications are being uh, rejected because SBA's got their forgiveness application on hold. And what we found out is that there are 39 different reasons why SBA might pause, and they all really have to do with fraud. Um, so there's a lot less uh, of that going on. Um, even with high automation, I think it's possible to know your customer. Uh, banks and, and lending companies have been doing that for years, um, and most of them have those processes down pat, and they're built in. Right. Good answer, John. Thank you. And, you know, kind of related to that, Joseph, let me pose it to you and John can chime in if he has additional comments. But what are the, the major criteria differences between the three applications that are out there? I understand them. I think the acronyms are a simplified form, an easy form, and a standard application. What are the major differences between those three? Sure, Alan. The, the, the three forms you just mentioned are our forgiveness applications. Um, that we're processing. And so the the simplified form that was just rolled out, actually all three forms were just updated to account for the, the newest legislation that was passed. They were revised on January the 19th. Um, John mentioned this earlier, the that uh, he, he's not alone. We're right there with him with the pause and the applications of the forgiveness process. Um, and it, that's really consistent across the industry um, as we focus on origination. Um, but the the two forms themselves, the, the big difference is with the EZ, there are some safe harbors um, that you can attest to and, and sign in within the application um, that are, you know, re- regarding the reduction in um, employee and headcount. And there's three different safe harbors that if you can attest to, um, then you can use the EZ form and it reduces um, some of your your. Uh, requirements through the forgiveness process. Um, I will say that I just want to mention that there's um, that the new guidance that came out does specifically say that you don't have to apply for forgiveness um, on your first draw loan prior to applying for a second draw loan. Uh, I think there's some confusion in the marketplace with small businesses where they may be waiting to apply because they have not applied for forgiveness yet. And um, that's uh, not the requirement. In order to be eligible for a second draw loan, you just um, have to certify that you have used or will have used all of your first draw PPP proceeds um, prior to receiving a disbursement for a second draw loan. Um, and so, uh, as, as John mentioned, that the SBA is putting holds on applications, and we're hearing from from some banks, some peer banks, where as many as 30% of the applicants as they're, they're going into the SBA system are being put on hold for various reasons. Um, and the, uh, and it's, it's created some of this backlog and some of the challenge within the industry right now, but customers can go ahead and apply for that for, for a second draw loan. Um, as long as they can attest that they have used those, those funds. And the only caveat to the forgiveness process and those forms you asked about Alan is, um, there's some language in the forgiveness IFR that says that you must apply for forgiveness for that first for that PPP loan uh, for the second for the first one prior to applying or simultaneously to applying for forgiveness on the first one. Uh, 
And so you have to, there's some nuances there from the timing of applying for forgiveness. Um, but the forms are, are really mostly unchanged um, and they allow for the additional covered expenses that are, um, that were allowed with the passage of the newest legislation um, to help customers uh, and borrowers reach full forgiveness or to maximize their forgiveness potential, I should say. Great. Thank you, Joseph. John, anything you want to add to that? Uh, I'll just reiterate that the new, the, the, the new easy form is um, really is going to free, free up resources to deal with the more complex issues that, that we have. Some of these really are complex. And um, I will note that um, I don't remember the exact numbers, but I heard them this morning of all of the loans that we've submitted to SBA for forgiveness We've only gotten we've, we've gotten a not I don't think even a third back from them having been decisioned by them, and we suspect that a good number of the of the two thirds that are not approved yet by them um, have some sort of a hold code on them. Uh, what we learned this week is that none of those almost none of those holds have been communicated to to us. Um, borrowers are finding out about it as they apply for round two loans. So, um, but in general, we, we're, we're very positive. We, every time they issue guidance, um, while it does require that we retool, it's typically making things much better. Um, and we expect the, the resolution of, of these loans to, um, to accelerate. Super. Thank you, John. Well, we're getting close to the end of the hour. I know you guys, doing an awful lot of work behind the curtains and you're not the front line of the organizations, nor should you be, but you're providing a lot of guidance and direction to those. So if we needed to find you or if the listening audience would like to find you, um, both of you let us know if how you want to be accessed, whether it's through a website or social media or just not at all, or let Callie know and she'll post your information on one of the chamber bulletin boards. John, how well, if we need to reach you, will you let us? And if so, um, how? Thanks, Alan. Um, John Daly, I spell it the easy way, J-O-N, and my last name is D-A-L-Y. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, John.Daly at renaissance.com is my email address. I'm more than happy to talk to anybody if they've got questions. Um, if I can't answer the questions, i got a whole team of folks that can help me. So I look Great. forward to talking to anybody who, who wants. Thanks, John. Joseph? Uh, yeah, thanks, Alan. Uh, M- Joseph Shuford, and the last name is spelled S-H-U-F-O-R-D. And my email address is josephshuford at synovus.com. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, but I would I would direct um, uh, folks to synovus.com. We have a COVID-19 page that has links to the SBA's um, uh, information on forgiveness and origination um, and some useful tips and resources there. Um, so it's again at synovus, S-Y-N-O-V-U-S dot com. Um, and hopefully you'll find the information there um, useful and, and happy to assist um, however we can. Super. Well, Joseph, you and John have been extremely helpful to me personally and to uh, many of our listeners through this process. So I want to thank you for being our guest today. I also want to thank our listeners for joining in on the Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce 400 Insider, which is presented by the Greater North Fulton Chamber. So to listen to the show again or to hear any of our previous episodes, please visit GNFCC400insider.com. 
And if you need to find out more about the Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce and Events, please visit our website, which is gnfcc.com. So until next time, I'm Alan Najar, and this has been the GNFCC 400 Insider on Business Radio X. Thank you, everybody.